That's a groovy button. What does it say? Well, welcome back to another edition of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, a Monkeys podcast. I'm Al Bigley, joined here once again by my podcasting partner, Alan Williams. Say, Alan. Uh, Alan? Alan, where are you? Alan? Alan! He's gone! You bet you dumb. That's right, this is episode 10. And we're recording here in August of 2017, and Alan's not really gone. We're doing a special kind of one-shot episode. We've interviewed a wonderful guest, and we want to feature it right now with no frills, no remixes, no chatty chat, no gossiping about the neighbors, just right to the interview. And you'll hear Alan rejoin me at the end of said interview. So, thanks for joining us for episode 10. Maybe I should call it episode nine and a half. No, maybe not. Anyway, today's interview guest is somebody that's very well known in Monkeys fandom. He goes back to the early days of Monkeys conventions and organized fandom. We're talking the 70s, folks. It's none other than Fred Velez. Fred not only helped organize those early conventions as a fan, if you're familiar with or even went to the famous groundbreaking 1986 Monkeys convention in Philadelphia, I was there. Fred had the unenviable task of playing MC to the event, ushering the guys to and from question and answer sessions, keeping the fans calm and corralled, making sure everything was running on time. Just an amazing feat in itself. And boy, does Fred have stories about that. Plus, his fan days. He started in the 60s as a fan. And of course, anyone who's ever come across Fred knows he's a very entertaining fella, witty and funny, and just a great storyteller all around. Fred, of course, is also a fairly new author. He has written a book called A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective. Came out just a few years ago. You're going to hear about that book. Fred's other monkeys projects. You're going to learn how to order these things. Because if you don't have them, you're going to want them. So, without any further additional ado added, here is our exclusive interview with super fan Fred Velez. Okay, coming to us now on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion is none other than Major Monkeys fan Fred Velez, author of a new wonderful Monkeys book, well, fairly new, called A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective, available as both ebook and paperback on Amazon and many other places. Welcome to the podcast, Fred. Hi, Al. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here on the, uh, the Texas Prairie Chicken podcast. Thank you. Don't worry about getting the name right. Even Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster himself, could not quite get the name right. I still can't get the name right half the time. Well, oh, then I'm goodness. glad I'm in good company. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, we thought we were being so clever. It's, uh, of course, a nod to Mike and the Prairie Chicken, but also Garrison Keeler's Prairie Home Companion. We're too, of course. We're too clever for our own good, I guess. Are we going to be playing the uh, folk music, music any minute? It was a cold day in Lake Wobegon. <laughs> Pastor Inkfest had just... Uh... Let's strike up the fiddles now. Get what your... is it? Stop. Powder, powder yeah. milk uh, biscuits. There you go. Yeah. Okay, stop sniffing that rosin now. <laughs> Where the women are strong and the men are stronger. All right. <laughs> 
Okay. Something like that. So, Fred, thank you for coming on. I wanted you to begin by just giving us some background on your relationship with the monkeys. When did you first discover them? What was it about them that grabbed you? Well, uh, I discovered them. I'm a fan, I'm an original fan from way back, way back when, when <laughs> we used to put another blog, another log on the TV set. But uh, um, way back when, in 1966, 67, I actually started seeing the show in 67. Now, originally, I was a fan of... Uh, Gilligan's Island, which happened to have been at the same time as the Monkees in '66, and then, uh, as I say, in, as I as I write, wrote in my book, uh, one day Gilligan's Island was pre-emptied, so it just changed the channels to see what else might be on that was interesting. And I came across this show with these four guys that were like the Beatles, uh, running around acting nuts, and I said, "Whoa, this is my type of thing." And after that, I forsook Gilligan and stuck with the monkeys. <laughs> you had to make those choices back then. Oh, of course, of course. And you had to be and, in front of the TV when these shows came on. Oh, exactly. I mean, I had the old, you know, the old black and white with the rabbit ears on them, but uh, it still came out nice and, and clear and just sitting down, enjoying the comedy and the, and enjoying the music. And also, uh, Actually, I think I may have heard the monkeys on radio first, maybe hearing some of the songs and then seeing the TV shows. Oh, those are the same guys that are on the radio. Right. Right. So for you, it was like a blast of both. It wasn't the music first or the show first. It was more like the whole media blitz that was the monkeys. Exactly. It was a combination of the two. Uh, I guess I may have heard the music first before I actually got to see the show. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And you came to it. Yes. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And you came to it kind of a year later in 67. Well, not quite a year, but. Yeah, I I came into it about the summer of 67. Uh, So the reruns of the monkeys were going on. And so um, and uh, that's when I abandoned Gilligan and stuck with the monkeys. And then I saw the reruns that were going on during the summer. And then in uh, the fall came the new shows, right. and uh, and I got to see. And the, the, one of the things that that struck me between the shows that I saw in the summer and the shows that I saw beginning in the fall were Mickey's hair. Mickey's hair changed. Oh yes, <laughs> it became curly. And what's what's that? Peter's wearing <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up in the seventies, my mom took care of kids in her house, and she had a little girl in the mid-70s, who loved watching the Brady Bunch reruns, which came on right mm-hmm. before or after the Monkees reruns. That's when I'd shove her out in, from in front of the TV set. But she would talk about the different Brady Bunch seasons, and she'd characterize them by, oh, this is straight Greg or curly Greg. Mm. <laughs> right. what she meant was the perms and the curly hair that came later. And So I guess we should start going, oh, it's straight Mickey or it's curly Mickey. Right. <laughs> A little too late for or- that, I think. Of course, or there's the colorful, there's the colorful Peter, and there's Mike with the sunglasses right. and stuff like that. Inside Davy, the size of Rhode Island, right? And Davy is still cute. Well, <laughs> that's the one constant in our lives. Exactly. Yes. So, did the show cause you to run out and buy the LPs and singles? Well, actually, this is what happened uh, <clears throat> during the summer of '67. I was involved with my local boys club in New York City, which is on 10th Street and Avenue A. 
It's still and it's still there. And uh, this that summer they had a fair at the top of the roof roof area. So I went up there and they had they had games these like dime you know these games like darts or uh, the the pinballs whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they had one game that was a mouse race. They had these little mice. You let them go down a uh, a little racetrack, and you, if your mouse won, you won a prize. And I I said I'll, I'll play this one. And I saw I looked at the prize to see what they had. And one of the prizes was the More of the Monkeys album. I said, oh, I like to check that out. So I put my quarter on my mouse. Uh, my mouse won the race, and I took home More of the Monkeys. And when I brought it home and I put the needle on the record. The first thing I heard was she, and I thought I was, and that grabbed me, right. uh, and, I, and I was hooked from that point on. So that was my first Monkees album, and ironically, that's the album that the Monkees hated. <laughs> right. There's some great stuff on that album. You got. Oh, there are. There's amazing stuff on that album, and uh, uh, with the exception of maybe today we look fall in love, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we seldom do. We always skip that in conversation. So a mouse oh, yeah. was responsible. For bringing monkeys yes. into your life, exactly. It was a it was a mice and monkeys, as my chapter says. Hey, that's <laughs> right. And this is just one story that you can read about in Fred's great book. I recognize that story. I remember it. Um, mm-hmm. well, that can be the title for your next book of mice and monkeys. Oh, we could do that. The yeah. spinoff. There you go. I've been think, I've been thinking about that, and I'm, I'm keeping it you know seriously in the back burner. Excellent. Very mm-hmm. good. I always love reading more personal experiences uh, with these kind of books instead of just this happened and then this happened and this was produced because we have a million books that can give us lists. So I like anything with a personal perspective and, and, a, and it makes you look at things from a different way and a different uh, um, view because this is someone else coming to the same material with different ideas and different uh, impressions. Well, that was my aim with the book. Not only my stories, but the stories from other fans who right. were gracious enough to contribute. Like I have a story from my friend Annette, who actually attended uh, Peter Tork's CBGB's concert. Oh, wow. And so she was actually there, and she tells the story of being in CBGB's, the grime, the <laughs> everything. Oh, yeah. And there's Peter Tork on the stage with a beard uh, before, uh, performing, and he was very gracious and kind to the people who took the time to come to see him in the show. Right. And he even, uh, for Annette, recorded a version, uh, his, uh, recorded a, a live version for her on her cassette player of uh, Peter Percival Patterson's Pet Pig Porky. Oh my, <laughs> that is excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's flash forward a little bit using our magical monkey's time machine. So it's the 70s, and that's when I came in as a fan. I remember those days. The the colors, the colors. (laughs) The colors, man. The colors, man. Far out, far out. Do you see this too, man? Yes. (laughs) So monkeys happenings, monkeys anything was few and far between. Most of us were raiding flea markets and, and garage sales for any monkeys item. And you... Got hooked up with the famous Maggie McManus and Monkey Business Fanzine, which was a quarterly newsletter keeping fans mm-hmm. abreast of Monkey's news, Monkey's mentions, any new products. Before we had the internet, of course, and what we have now with 
you know, Mickey Dolan's drops a fork at supper and we know about it by seven o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. So tell me oh, how yeah. you, uh, how you stumbled across monkey business fanzine and. Well, like um, in, uh, 1978, I was involved with, uh, Mark Zarekin's, uh, rock and one of his rock and roll conventions. Um, and he, I talked to, I found out about his convention and I asked him if he was going to do anything about the monkeys. And he said, no, would you like to do something? I said, yes. <laughs> and at the time, I was with my friend uh, Jerry Beck, who's very well known in animation circles. He's a major oh, yes. animation expert. He's written several books, including uh, one on uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm-hmm. And um, Jerry collected uh, films. And among this collection were episodes of the monkeys. And he had a black and white version of the original Monkees uh, pilot. Hmm. So, uh, so um, we talked to Mark, and uh, we were able to convince him to let us do like a little monkey seminar, a little monkey talk, and then show the episode. Uh, so we were set up in a room, but then they got Mark got seriously behind schedule. Right. So we were like uh, waiting. So when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? And then finally, like people started streaming into the room. Is it? Oh, great! They're here and they look excited and into it. And then we found out that these people were coming in because the time that we that, that that was on the schedule, they were going to show a Rolling Stones movie. Oh boy! <laughs> the infamous one with the C. If you know which one I'm talking ah, about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one that starts with a C and ends with blues. So. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, when I re- I realized what was going to happen. And I said, oh, boy. I looked at Jerry, and Jerry looked at me, and he says, make it short. <laughs> <laughs> Just time for so, the screen test. Right, exactly. So I gave a brave thing about the monkeys. Everybody was staring at me. He's rolling, these guys in uh, leather jackets and big, hairy everything. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's just the ladies. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but fortunately, they enjoyed the – actually enjoyed the uh, – the film. They actually enjoyed this watching the pilot. They had a good time. So I said, Phew, they let us live. <laughs> we got out of this so, one. We got out of this one. Then Mark Mark came back later and he apologized for the for the the the, 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 the time uh, mix up. And he mm-hmm. promised us that the next time uh, that we would make sure that he's scheduled perfectly and we'll put him in a different room away from the other stuff, mm-hmm. other events, so there's no mix ups. So he did that for us and uh, the next one was about I maybe uh, it might he might have done a kinetic convention a few months later. Hmm. So um, we did another one, in which this time we had our own little room. It was set up at the right time, and we had and we made sure that we put out uh, a sort of a feeler out to monkey fans. We found right. out about one a couple of monkeys um, fanzines. I think Maggie's magazine might have been one of them. Another one was. Uh, the day, the Dolan's Jones Boys and Heart fan club, and I know and there the was Peter, right, and I yeah, know there, there was, was several. one called uh, the Boys and Heart Action Club. That's that's the one. Yes. That's the one. So we sent out feelers to those that we would definitely get monkey fans this time. Right. Uh, <laughs> so and we got them, and we did. Um, I think we showed two episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, we did, I did my little talk, and Jerry showed the films, and then I invited any fans. If they just wanted to come afterwards and talk to us, ask us questions, whatever. And uh, among the people that that stuck around was Maggie McManus and wow. Lois Gibson, 
oh, yes. who had done, yeah, no, Lois Gibson was, did the, I think, the Boys and Heart Action Club, right. I think. That sounds right. Uh, mm-hmm. And they came to us after the show and saw how much they enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun to be around other Monkey fans. And then Maggie said, you know, I'm thinking about doing something next year in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, near where I live in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, you th- what do you think? I said, well, I think it's a great idea. You mean like a little monkey convention? Yeah, but we're not going to do it uh, a, like a weekend thing. We're just going to do it one day, a couple of hours. Just yes, just for fans in, fans in the area. Uh, so I said, yeah, that's a great idea. I would, I, you know, I, I encouraged her to do it. Uh, so uh, she said, okay, we're going to go ahead. Me and Lois are going to go ahead with it. And then, uh, and then they, they. Uh, a year later, she sent the, she sent me the information. It was going to happen, and originally it was going to be at a place called the Quality Inn mm-hmm. in Trenton, New Jersey. And she said originally they were going to have it outdoors, mm. but uh, but then they were worried about the weather and all that that they were afraid it was going to rain or something was going to happen. So they were able to get a room right. uh, inside the Quality Inn. It was a small room. It wasn't a big. It was like a ballroom or anything like that. It was just a small room. And uh, we, it, she bought the convention inside. Um, the price was like 50 cents or something like that. Right. And uh, she was gracious enough to let me uh, – I, I was going to bring some monkey stuff you know, that I could try and sell and all that. So she was gracious enough to give me a, t- a little table. Uh, my friend John Sheridan was a musician and a big uh, monkeys fan, especially a big – Solo Nesmith fan, and he came right. in, and he bought his guitar and started just playing monkeys and Nesmith songs. Uh, there were at least fifty fans who showed up. In fact, and several several of them came from outside the New Jersey area. I think we may have gotten somebody from England. I think. Right. Uh, and it was just a nice, fun day. It was a few hours of just fans intermingling with fans and just talking about monkeys and what we liked and all that. Jerry Beck was there. We didn't show any films, but Jerry was there because he wanted to see what was going on. <clears throat> and we just had a ball, a great time. And Maggie uh, said, uh, thanks for coming because you, you helped to make it uh, a fun event, uh, you know, because you seemed very knowledgeable and, um, and talking to the, you know, talking to the fans and telling them about the monkeys and stuff. I said, we're thinking next year we're going to book into a bigger place, you know, so that more fans could show up. And I said, yeah, do it, <laughs> you know, yeah, go for it. So uh, she booked it a year later uh, at a uh, a VA a VA uh, hall, right, a, a veterans hall, um, and John Sheridan came again to perform music. This time we had the facilities to show episodes. So Jerry bought several episodes with him and, and uh, the tickets were printed out and things. And I think it was kept, the tickets were kept low again. Uh, if I recall, let me see, just skimming my own book here. Hmm. <laughs> Cause I printed up, uh, there's a, I put a picture of a, oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, the, a ticket from the from that second convention, the second annual Action Club Fanzine Monkey Convention, right. August 9th, nineteen eighty, and the price went up. It was four bucks, <laughs> four bucks for a Monkey's Convention. And uh, Jerry showed a couple some episodes. 
I talked about the, the monkeys. Uh, we had at least about 100 people, I think, 100 or more people come up, come to the show. It might, it might have been close to 200, I think. Right. And again, it was just great. And we had vendors this time. Oh, yes. And, and one of the vendors was Ed Riley, who's a major monkeys collector and expert as well. And he came uh, as a vendor to this convention. And that was a lot of fun. It was just great just talking to fans. And I even got my picture in the paper, the local Trenton Times, right. uh, wrote up about the convention and printed my picture with me ha- posing with my monkey hand puppet, the Mattel four-headed monkey's hand puppet that didn't talk. Right. But, uh, but You uh, can still pull I, the I, string. You can still pull the string. Pretend the you're picture, Don Kirshner. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, puppets again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm responsible and, uh, for all their success. Mm-hmm. I did it all. It was all me. Mike Nesmith <laughs> really couldn't sing. Uh, right, I didn't exactly. know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture. I got a picture of the the newspaper in the book right. with me with the hand puppets. Oh, yes. So, mm-hmm. Many great pictures. Oh, yes. And um, so the, the success of these early conventions just encouraged Maggie. And uh, so the next couple of conventions just kept getting better. Right. Uh, 81 was the year after, well, 80 off, sadly, we had the, 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 the tragic death of John Lennon. Right. So, um, that was on everybody's mind during 81, but we, we dedicated the convention to John's memory, you know, cause right. we know of any, if anyone was, had a big, uh, was, re- had a big, res- uh, re- uh, was responsible for the monkeys. Uh, it was John Lennon and the Beatles, you know, sure. no, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Absolutely, uh, and the, and we showed more episodes. At the convention stretched out to two days. And let's remind uh, younger listeners that this is still years before the home video market opened up in the mid '80s. So coming just to see three or four episodes, because in my area the monkeys went off in late '77, and I didn't see it run again until MTV almost ten years ago. I mean, ten years later. Right. So it right. was a big deal exactly. to see these episodes. Right. And Jerry even had a, uh, a print of the movie Head, which and he was able was to hard. show at the. Right. That was hard to yeah. find. Yeah. And a lot of fans had never seen the movie yet. It took me They've heard about it. 1984 yeah. to see an 18th generation VHS copy someone at my art school had. And, and I was so grateful to finally mm-hmm. get to see it. Well, Jerry got a 16 millimeter print. Oh which was, you know, and this, this is not video folks. This was actual film. Yes. So we actually had, we had the movie, <laughs> the real movie. And I still have that print of Jerry's somewhere oh, wow. in my collection. You know that, uh, I'm, I'm willing to take bids. <laughs> uh, gee, Fred, what was your address again? I'm going to write it down this time. No, I'm uh, kidding. We may, we, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I know. Uh, but, uh, and uh, the conventions were just getting more fun and more. Uh, and then 82 was uh, this time the conventions were taking place. Uh, we had a new person come in to help out with the conventions. Ed Riley helped to uh, co-produce the conventions with Maggie. But we then had Charles Rosenay come in. Right. Charles Rosenay is also a big name in uh, Beale conventions and things right. like that. And still today. 
And still today, exactly. So he, he got involved and he helped to produce the first monkey conventions in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a major deal. Uh, so we had an, an, a, and a benefit of having the, uh, the uh, convention in Connecticut. This was the 1982 convention. Uh, was that uh, Connecticut happened to be the home state of one Peter H. Torkelson. <laughs> That's right. I've heard that name somewhere. Oh, yeah, somewhere in the ether. So yes. we managed to get Peter for the 82 convention, and he's the first monkey to have appeared at a convention. Right. And uh, he, uh, we had the convention, it was about two days, I believe, and Peter came on the Sunday, and on and on Sunday, I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, uh, on the Sunday, um, we had a battle of the bands of different bands coming up, playing, performing monkey songs, and all that. And then Charles said, "We have one more contestant who's going to come up." And the doors, uh, the, the, the side doors opened, and on came the stage came Peter Tork. Wow! And of course, the place went nuts, and we had at least. Uh, close to 500 people at this convention, right. um, at least. Um, and that was just having Peter there was incredible. And Peter was funny. He performed with the band. He performed Pleasant Valley Sunday with them. Um, and then he just did a, uh, a, uh, a talk back uh, talking about, you know, an interview with Charles and then a talk back with the audience Right. But I had a quest quest a QA with Peter, you know, which was great. You know, so fans asked him questions and all that, and he was funny. He was he, he was Peter Tork, you know. Right. And uh we had a great time. And then someone asked him where was he when he heard that John Lennon died. Oh my. And he said that he was watching Howard Cosell and uh Monday Night Football. And uh, Howard Cosell had made the announcement that John Lennon was killed, and and uh, and then the, like for Peter that everything stopped at that moment, right? You know, and that he he agreed with Howard Cosell that it was just a you know, it was just a football game that was he was calling, but this was something major that just happened. Mm -hmm. And Peter reminisced about meeting John Lennon. How say, of all the people he's met, John Lennon was one of those people that just had him flabbergasted when he first met him, right. uh, speechless. And uh, <clears throat> and then Peter, something interesting happened while he was we, Peter was talking about John Lennon, and that he got very very quiet and very serious. It was, and you could see because you know as a performer that performers will put up a public mask. Sure. To hide their true feelings, sure. and I've done that because I, 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 I'm an actor, and I, I know about the uh, the shield, the the mask that you put on, right. uh, and then, and uh, you you do uh, you do appearances in costumes as well, so you know sure. what I'm talking about about the mask. Sure. So, as we're watching, listening to Peter talking about John Lennon, his feelings and everything, we could see. Slowly by slowly, the mask coming off. Mm. And before us was the real Peter Tork. Not the glib Peter, not the funny Peter, but a serious man who was 
reminiscing about someone he considered a friend and an inspiration. And uh, he was tearing up and we were tearing up. And someone handed him a, 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 a tissue, which he thanked them for. And he just, he just gave one of the best eulogies I've ever heard anybody uh, gave about another person. And one of the things that came that I remember from that eulogy was that he talked about Elvis Presley and he said something to the effect that he was sad too when Elvis Presley died. He said, uh, oh dear, well, Elvis Presley died. It's so sad. The king of rock and roll is gone. But he added, but when John Lennon died, a warrior went down. Right. And that stuck in everybody's head and everybody gave him a, a uh, an ovation for that right. and he said uh and he, he said i'm sorry if i brought it down to a, you know a, this sign of note but it's a good space and i think there's a good space to end on so i'm going to go to the back of the room and sign as many autographs as my little hand can <laughs> carry and he did just that and when uh when he was signing the autographs the mask went back up right. you know he was he was the cheerful peter Torkian. But he needed that time between then to compose himself right. and all that. But I will always remember that. As and that's, the a, and that's a, something that's been quoted quite a bit, the warrior statement. I've seen that quoted many times. Mm-hmm. All right. I was yeah. fortunate enough to get a uh, to have a tape of the uh, of Peter's talk and was able to transcribe that. So I had the, the exact wording uh, in the book as well. So people who wanted to know what Peter said, they could – Check it out in my book. Excellent. So mm-hmm. that's, of course, how you met Maggie McManus, another fan, through these conventions. And, of course, before you know it, you're writing uh, some articles contributing to Monkey Business fanzine. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, just writing about my reminiscences, uh, about the reminiscences. <laughs> stop. Uh, yes, yeah, stop it. Stop it. Stop it, Fred. But uh, talking about the monkeys, uh, my memories and things like that, and just talking about events that were going on, like little things like Peter Tork's concerts in, uh, in Greenwich Village, because that's where I got to really know Peter, uh, by seeing some of his solo shows right. in the village in New York City. And he got to appreciate people who came to the shows back then. Um, he, remembered, he remembered the faces, he remembered the names, so when he... When we were there in the in the audience, he was say, "Hey, hi, how you doing?" Things like that. Right. Absolutely. And we got to hang out with him after the shows, which is very nice. So I have a few pictures of myself with Peter Tork after some of the shows at speakeasies and stuff like that, and right. at the at the bottom line. And a lot so, of these pictures um, are in your book. Exactly. The only place and, you can see a lot of these pictures. Mm-hmm. And in 1980, I even got Peter to appear on. Well, not me. No, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I, I retract that. Uh, you, I think you guys know about the Uncle Floyd show. Oh, sure. Yeah, Uncle Floyd, which was sort of a parody of the kitty shows uh, from the 1950s and 60s, with people like Chuck McCann and Soupy Sales right. and people like that. Kitty show Floyd, hosts. Kitty show hosts, exactly. Uncle Floyd sort of carried on that tradition with a bit more of an adult edge. Right. And the thing was that he started gathering a cult following himself which included a lot of musicians and punk bands and the Ramones right. appeared on his show oh, and all yeah. that, which was, which was amazing. And he started getting a lot of musicians coming on. Bon Jovi made one of their first TV appearances on the Uncle Floyd show. 
Mm. And uh, Jan and Dean appear on this show. John Lennon almost appeared on this show. Right. Because uh, John Lennon used to watch the Uncle Floyd show at the Dakota. Right. And when David Bowie was doing The Elephant Man on Broadway, and I got to see Bowie in that, uh, he would hang out with John at the Dakota. And they would watch the Uncle Floyd show together. And years later, um, Uncle um, David Bowie uh, showed up at one of Uncle Floyd's online shows mm. to, as, a, as a member of the audience. And he later wrote a song about Uncle Floyd that appears on his Heathen album called uh, Slip Away. Right. So, uh, so anyway, so John Lennon almost appeared on the Uncle Floyd show. So anyway, um, Peter Tork, uh, later that summer of, of 1980, appeared on the Uncle Floyd show. Mm. And I got to know some of the, the cast members and the, the cast of the Uncle Floyd show. So when Peter was make, going to make his second appearance, one of the cast members called me and said, Fred, Peter Tork is going to be at the show. You want to come to the studio? I said, yes. <laughs> you know, so he told me what day. How, do, how soon can I be there? I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there now. Yesterday. No, I'll be there yesterday. yesterday. I'll be there next week. Right. Or last week. Any you week. Tell, you name it. <laughs> yes. So he told me, he told me what day, what time to be there. I went there with my friend, Derek Tate, who is a major uh, Uncle Floyd historian as well. Hmm. We showed up at the studio, which was literally a little house. On West or in West Orange, New Jersey, next mm. to a disco. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and um, so I went. We went to the studios, uh, and we were there when Peter Tork arrived. And um, Peter, you know, got ready and he did the appearance with Uncle Floyd. And I had brought along some memorabilia with me, including the mm. monkey's hand puppet. This the was shortly after we gets around. Exactly. This was shortly after we did the convention in Connecticut. Right. And um, uh, is it connect? No, I'm telling. I'm thinking about Trenton. Excuse me, I'm talking about Trenton. Uh, it, it comes a blur after a while, folks. So, uh, so I bought the hand puppet and uh, monkey's puzzle, one of the monkey's puzzles, and a, and at the time it was just released in Australia, New Zealand, the Monkey Mania album, yes, the, the compilation set, exactly, yes. which included. Uh, uh, for the first time, an unreleased song, uh, "Love to Love," right, and also the live version of uh, of "Listen of uh, Excuse me, "Circle Sky," right. Direct I from played the, that from... to death. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it was on the so, end of like side three, and there's in my copy, there's just a hole there. Yes, <laughs> where "Circle Sky" used to be. Yes, and uh, with great liner notes by Glenn Baker. It was a uh, Yes, great tiny, uh, tiny type because he had a he had to squeeze in the entire monkey's story before there are any monkeys books, kids, and we all right. sat there squinting at that those liner notes forever. I know, and but it was great with fantastic photographs and things yes. in the in the inner in the in the, the centerfold. Yep. So uh, after uh, Peter performed uh, a pre-recorded song, he Floyd invited me on camera with Peter, and we were just like. You know, he was Peter was being the goofy Peter, and we had a great time. We had a lot of fun. Uh, he was he, he was uh, you know he was he was he was wisecracking on the right. stuff you know that was showing. He said, "Yeah, we boy, we clean up on those." You know, <laughs> right? Fifteen years <laughs> later, yeah, exactly. But oh he was goodness. very funny. He was really a lot of fun. And after the show, uh, he was gracious enough to pose for pictures um, outside the Floyd Studios where I got. Uh, me and Derek got pictures of uh, Peter with the Uncle Floyd cast and with Uncle Floyd. So it was just a fantastic time. And I, it was it was that 
period that you know, I really got to know Peter even more, right. which is great. So, uh, so that was, uh, that's another memory that, uh, that I carry with me. And of course, folks, it's in the book. Yes. Everything relates to the book. <laughs> All these great stories and more are in the book. So that was your experience with Peter. And I know once the great 86 reunion occurs, you will be meeting the others. But before that, do you have a lot of experience or experiences meeting the other three guys or anything? Well, like that? the first time I saw any of the monkeys in concert was 1976 mm-hmm. when Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Hart performed at the Riverboat Club in New York City, which right. is at the base of the Empire State Building. And that was like in April of 1976. Right. That was the very first time I saw any of the monkeys in concert. You know, so it was Mickey and Davey and Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. And with uh, Keith Allison from the Raiders right. uh, as, the, as the music director and lead guitar player. And they, uh, we went for the, for the afternoon matinee show because they had mid-evening shows, which we couldn't go to because we were still kind of young. Right. But... But uh, they, for fans who couldn't do the evening shows, they did these special matinee shows. Right. So we, I went with my sister and with Jerry Beck to the matinee show. And uh, uh, we were able to get tickets, and, uh, and I was there very early, and my sister was there with me, uh, my sister Kuki. And she said, now you stay close to me. Well, I'm going to get good seats so you don't, you know, don't run right. away. It says, yes, ma'am. So Watch me uh, work. Exactly. Because there were a whole bunch of fans there, Good, many of them females, mm. only a few uh, males there. Right. So when uh, the way the riverboat was designed, uh, they had the upstairs restaurant area, and then they had a staircase going down with more tables, and that's where the uh, nightclub stage was. Right. So, and they had set it up concert style so there'd be seats in front of the stage mm-hmm. so uh we had to be they had a part uh they had like a, a, a velvet rope at right. the top of the stairs because they didn't want people sneaking down there or whatever and then when it was time it was ready to let the audience in boom everybody's down the steps hello are you still there oh yeah oh yeah just a minute don't go away i'll be right with you okay don't hello Yes. Al? Yes. Hi, okay. Are you yes. lo- did you see? Yeah, I just, I just lost connection for a second. Okay. That's fine. Where was I? Foom. So, suddenly okay. they open the doors and... Foom. <laughs> Everybody's going down the stairs. You know, Kuki unfortunately tripped. Oh and so I was left with a dilemma. Should I go for the chairs or help my sister? <laughs> no, so I better help my sister. You better. You so got to live with your sister. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because she knows where I live. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I got her up. She hobbled, and we made it to at least the second row uh, of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, in front of the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was able to save a seat for, for Jerry. So, because um, Jer- Jerry couldn't be there right away because he, he had to work, but he uh, managed to get there in time before the show. And uh, the show started, and there they were, Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Hart. Uh, with Keith Allison, and it was a great show. I recorded it, so I have a tape of it. Excellent. And and I took some uh, super, uh, super Eight film. Oh my! Of the event, of the event, which I uh, I posted a couple years ago on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if people want to see that that footage, they can look it up on YouTube. 
Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that uh, stands out in the uh, in the film is that towards the end, uh, as the curtains are closing at the end, Davy reaches out almost into my camera to get a, a, a rose that a, that a, and to shake a hand of a fan right in front of the camera. Oh my! So he he comes in right in close. So you can see that in the film, folks. Oh my! Uh, so that was, and then after the show, they were they they were like uh, folks were hanging around, and I had a, a, with me my picture sleeve of the Monkeys Oh My My single oh. from 1970, and Mickey was up there on the stage. So I, I went up there and said, "Hello, hi, Mr. Dowens. Can uh, Mickey? Can I have your autographs? Oh, remember sure. This? And he, yes, remember this? Oh, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll sign it." And he did. Uh, and so I have that as part of my collection as well. Excellent. And that was my first, my first monkey's autograph uh, in person because a couple of years earlier, a friend of mine that I was uh, uh, pen pals with had seen Davey perform a uh, revival of Oliver there, reviving the uh, Arful Dodger. Mm. And she got a, me a signed program of that show. So I have Davey was actually the first autograph I got, but Mickey's was the first one I got in person. Right. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, let's flash forward again. Crank up the Mm -hmm. Magic Monkeys movement machine. You know, you (laughs) sound like you should be on stage doing the sounds for Daily Nightly when it's performed live now. (laughs) Who needs Mike? Right. right. Who needs that (laughs) dishwash guy? Yes. Okay. We go (laughs) to an event that none of us expected and a hit like a Mack truck. It's 1986, and mm-hmm. suddenly the show is back on through MTV. Oh, yes. The guys mm-hmm. are back together, and it's the biggest concert draw of that year. I could go on and on, but most fans know what I'm talking about, the 1986 reunion. What are your memories of that time? Uh, of course, things blew up for Maggie and her fanzine, which went from like oh, boy. 700 oh, boy, to 7,000. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's the thing. A year... Before the reunion, right. Maggie knew that the reunion tour was going to happen. Wow. So we now, 83 was the last convention that she did before calling it a rest. Because the conventions, folks, as fun as they are, they are a pain in the neck to put together. Right. You have to spend a whole year in advance just planning the convention for the next year. Right. They're, they are not easy. Don't think it, it's easy. It's not just uh, putting a few tables here and there and putting a stage and then you have a convention. It's not how it works. Right. It's not like on a Friday uh, people decide, let's put on a show this weekend. Oh, no. Hey, hey, kids, let's put on a show. Right. you got tablecloths. I've got speakers. Let's have fun. Yes. No, it doesn't work like that, kids. Uh, uh, it was, it, it was, it's a major endeavor. Right. So Maggie uh, said, 86 is going to be the big year. So let's put up the best convention we can. So she booked a hotel at the, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and she found out what day the monkeys were going to perform in Philadelphia. So we booked the, uh, the convention around that time and she was able to get commitments from Mickey, Peter and Davey to appear at the convention. Wow. You know, and uh, we and she, she and Ed Riley, uh, they worked their butts off. Oh, I got to yes. give them a ton of credit for what they did. Yep. Uh, they booked 
some talent, including the characters, right? Who were who were then uh, like a up and coming local band, and uh, they did uh, the, prior to this, they just did little clubs here and there, mm-hmm. performing. And uh, they said, you know, we can do the we can do monkey stuff. I said, okay, sure. So we they were booked to, to perform at the convention as our house band. Hmm. So, um, uh, so Mag, uh, Danny uh, Salazi, the leader of the characters, tells a story in the, my book that when they were booked for the convention, prior to this, they were doing the little clubs and stuff like that. When they performed, when they got on that stage, and there were a thousand monkey fans out in the hall, all cheering and screaming and everything. Right. Danny looked at the rest of the band and says, we're doing a concert. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> this, this, this con- was no longer the conference room at the Hilton. This was because no. I, was, I was there for the 86 convention. Oh, yeah. So you it know what I'm talking about. Bedlam. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we had to limit it to just a thousand fans. Yep. You know, even though there were people wanting, there were people saying, are there tickets? Are there tickets? I said, sorry, it's sold out. Right. <laughs> no. You know. And wasn't there some little dust up with the fire marshals? I remember uh, somebody was doing a Q and A, and the alarms went off. Yes, that yes. happened. Actually, the hotel. You know, this shows you how it was a new hotel and it was still being built. Right. You know? <laughs> that's new. And yes, oh, they were testing the uh, the fire alarms when Peter Tork was on stage. Right. right. <laughs> you know that. Uh, oh yeah, and I had to go on stage and say. It's okay, folks. It's just a right. test, you know. Had it not uh, been a test, you would have been advised as to which exit to. Yeah, because I talked to one of the security guys. I said, "Is this for real?" I said, "No, no, no. It's just a test." I said, now, "Okay," and I had to. Yes. Right now, let's talk about that because you were there with the unenviable job of having to, yes, turn some people away, usher people here and there, keep mm. the fans back because he. Keep in mind how unprecedented this was. This thing blew up in everyone's face. So you are, I know there were some some hired security people, but it's basically Fred Velez standing between Davy Jones and a thousand fevered fans. You want to trade places? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Have I got tales? Mm. Do I have stories? They're in the book. Yes. See, <laughs> see, it's all about his book. A little bit me, a little bit you. The monkeys from a fan's perspective. You go must out in a buying. Yes. Go out in a buying frenzy, folks. <laughs> exactly. But that so, that was really yes. an incredible time. Sure. It was. Um, just introducing these guys on stage was incredible. Right. Introducing Peter. Introducing Mickey. Inducing Davy, oh my gosh! Oh, yes, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're all great, but you know, who got the most applause? <laughs> Davy was always my favorite. Yes, he's the cute one. Right. <laughs> so, oh but uh, they were all wonderful. Peter was fantastic. Mickey was great. Mickey, um, you could tell. I could. I was behind this. I was on the stage behind him. Right, I could tell how nervous he was, sure, because I could see the sweat on his back, oh, the sweat boy. marks getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He was nervous, folks, because mm. he had never done anything like this before. Right. Uh, Peter, Peter had, so Peter more or less knew what was going to happen, but Mickey and Davy had never done a convention before, right? So this was new to them, and Absolutely. if any, Mickey was definitely nervous when this happened. 
Uh, he can handle it much better now, but back oh, yeah. then, this was uh, a whole different kettle of fish for him. What well, do you remember at uh, that time, too, he was being interviewed about coming back on the road for this uh, tour, reunion tour, mm-hmm. and he actually admitted he was just so nervous, like, can, can I do this? Will we be accepted? Can I do the drums again? Can I learn the drums again? And he really was quite visibly nervous absolutely do you remember the uh, mtv documentary i was a teenage monkey that's what i'm referring <laughs> to yep i bit through my drumsticks right exactly <laughs> yeah that's how nervous he was and all that uh, but he was able to put on that showbiz mask enough that he was able to get through it and he even had a, a interaction with the fans uh in that uh, one person asked uh, do you know that? Can you do Ryuchiu? Says, do you know it? Yes, yeah. Come up here. Right. <laughs> so the girl came up and tried to do Ryuchiu, and you only got a couple of words, and Mickey did the whole thing. And oh, it was such a magic moment. And I helped to lead the crowd into, like, okay, folks, orchestrating them, you know, right. <laughs> to do it. You can see it in the video. Uh, yep. For those, the video I'm referring to is the 1986 convention video, which is owned outright it's owned copyrighted by maggie mcmanus and ed riley so um i know a couple of times it's been posted on youtube and it's been taken down because uh when it's posted they did not get permission from maggie or ed right and i hope people are hoping that they will release it at some point that's totally up to them so folks i know there's people who have it if you have it please do not post it on youtube mm-hmm. uh, out of respect for their copyright and hopefully they will uh, reissue it on Blu-ray or – well, not Blu-ray, but at least DVD mm-hmm. sometimes. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that they will someday. Very good. Now, with these conventions, <laughs> because it wasn't just a one-time thing in 86, if you remember. We had West Coast conventions. We had more of, of you know all kinds of monkeys conventions up until, I guess, things started to kind of wind down around 89 and 90. Mm-hmm. 89, there was a right. couple of conventions in the 90s. Right. You know – um, I went to one in Chicago in right. 1988, and the Monkees weren't touring. I mean, they were doing individual things. Peter was like the only one doing any kind mm-hmm. of shows that year, and Peter was doing did a show in Chicago. But the three Monkees were booked to the convention, right. uh, and it was the only uh, place in the whole United States that they appeared uh, right. as a group that year. That was the only place at the convention. And they made a surprise appearance at Peter's concert, his solo concert in Chicago. Yeah. And, and it's the funny thing that um, I had a ticket for the concert and I managed to get to the front row. Hmm. I don't know how I did it, but I managed to get to the front row. And so I had a front row of the show and Peter and his, and his other musicians uh, were doing a fantastic show. A lot of, you know, what, Peter does a combination of uh, folk music, rock music, little things. He'll do Bach or whatever, oh, yeah. uh, and some monkey songs, of course. And I could see movement in the backstage area, and I noticed two figures that looked very familiar. So Here they uh, come. Right. So Peter said, gentlemen, and then Davey and Mickey come on stage, and the place went nuts. Oh, yes. You know, and they did. I think I'm a believer. And the, the way they did it in the concerts, uh, which was fantastic. Now, here's a story i got to tell you about Chicago. Sure. Sure. It's in my book. <laughs> it's, it's in the in book, the folks. Book, folks. <clears throat> uh, I was uh, the MC again in Chicago. 
and Davey was on this. I think it was Davey who was on the stage. Um, and I was in charge of people coming up. There was a photograph line that had to be moving constantly. People were only allowed to go up, take their photo, a couple photos, and then move back so that another person will get a chance to take their photo. So right. I was keeping that line moving. And then what happens is that Mickey – no, I, I, it was Mickey and – it may have been Peter that was on the right. stage. I, I'm trying to remember all this, but all of a sudden the two other guys show up. So now oh. we have three monkeys on the stage. Oh, boy. And all of a sudden I'm in the middle of this thing. Monkey in with, the middle. Monkey in the middle. That's, in front that's of, the title of your third book. Yes, I'm in the literally in the eye of a hurricane. Ooh. There are fans going nuts all around me, and I'm trying to keep this line moving. And people are saying, "No, we don't want to move. You know, you got to move." <laughs> you know, and they were like, these two people in particular were very nasty oh, about it. You know, but I managed to get them going. But it was literal mayhem. Oh, you know. It's, it was one that morning I said, why can't this be a Star Trek convention I can beam out? There you, <laughs> you go. There you go. Scotty, beam me up. Or you could have yelled, hey, is that Patrick Stewart over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And suddenly you're all alone again. Well, do you yes. think these conventions are where most fans got to know you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, because I um, early on, uh, from the first convention on, right. I was the MC. Right. So that's where people got to know me through these conventions and from my writing in, uh, in Maggie's Magazine and a few other uh, uh, periodicals at the time. So, um, and I got you know, really nice uh, responses from people who appreciated me being at the conventions and being like that person. Like, it was like, so you touch Davey, <laughs> you, know, right. you, know, you, know, you know Peter, <laughs> you know, it was that. What does Mickey was, smell like? <laughs> well, that's rhetorical. Oh, rhetorical. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Peter rhetorical. Yes. That's, so I could tell you how much Pete, Mickey sweats. Oh, you, I think <laughs> no. you did earlier. Yes. That's, yes, uh, I did. <laughs> quite revealing. Oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, I was that person that fans would come up to say, thank you for being there because you are a fan and you help like bridge the gap, right. you know. Right. So uh, I, I guess, you know, I didn't think about it that much at the time. But I, in retrospect, I say I was that person, you know, I right. thought I wasn't. I was just I just a guy there just trying to help out. But I was I, I guess I was a, to some people. I, I was a bit more important that I gave myself because I'll tell you the truth. I never saw myself that way. Right. Never. You know, I just I'm just this guy, I'm just a fan. I'm just helping, you know. And then people say, but you're Fred Belez. Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. That and a buck will get me half a uh, latte at uh, yes. Starbucks. Yeah, so, exactly. Hey. exactly. Oh, yes. Now, that but, sounds like one of your more pleasant convention duties. What about your most unpleasant convention duty or job or responsibility? I think, that would, I, think I just one of the most exciting and one, of the, and one of the ones I wish I wasn't there for being caught in the middle of that. There you go. Yes. That could be a little unnerving. Yes. That was a bit of both. You know, it was an exciting moment, but also one of the scariest. <laughs> so, um, other, uh, unpleasant, uh, just people that just fans that 
uh, could get nasty. Unfortunately, oh, sure. you get that you get that contingent of fans yes. that could be nasty, and you don't you want everybody to be happy and fun, and they are a lot. The majority of them are, and you get a certain quarter that they want more right. than what they really you know sh- that, that you can actually give them. Sure, and that that's always. That's always like it sticks in my cross sometimes. That the, you know the, these guys, these mon- the monkeys are real people. You, know, you don't, you, you know, you have a you have a vision of what they are, and they're not that. Right. You know, they're people. You know, and um, you have to give them the respect. You have to give them their time. They have families. You know, right. they have children. And responsibility. You, you know, you, sure. You have responsibility. I mean. All, I always it always irked me people who always complain about Mike Nesov. Oh, he he hates them. Yeah. You know, uh, he doesn't want to tour with them. You know, the, the man runs a business. Right. You know, he has his own thing. You know, he'll do the monkey stuff when it, you know, when it works with his ske- his business schedule. Right. And he that's what he's done. You know, and he exactly. they none of them owe us anything. I, I think they've given right. us more. They've given us more plus. You know that. Uh, sure. So um, the stories so I could tell give... you about what I've seen, mm-hmm. just from Davy alone making appearances here in my neck of the woods, the generosity mm-hmm. and staying until you know 11 p.m. to sign every autograph when he was supposed to be out of the know. venue at seven. You know, it's like that exactly. Alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, the fact that they give that much time plus right is a credit to them as individuals. Absolutely. You know. And I know it gets to them. I know it gets sure. to them. And uh, so, but the fact that uh, a good portion of the time they will go out of their way to give you that extra moment, to give you that extra hello, to to right. give you that eye contact, to let you say, "Yeah, you want a picture? Sure." You know. Now I know they have meet and greets where you do pay, and not, and the monkeys are not the only ones, folks. You got Kiss. Sure. You got all these other people that also charge. So it's not just the monkeys. Right. You know, for them to be able to do that. You know, and uh, it's it's a little extra, yes, right. but it's an opportunity. So and when that opportunity comes, and you and you have the means to get that photo, to get that autograph, then you know, and you can do it. Then it's not really much to complain about. Right. That was kind of like me uh, at the 2014 because, New Jersey Monkeys Convention. <laughs> okay, back to the ATM. <laughs> it's like you yes, might not have this chance right. ever again. Back to the ATM. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now I've been fortunate to uh, to have gotten photos with them, right? Uh, like when uh, the monkeys were did the uh, MTV Christmas video. I was all for them in 1986, right. and I was because uh, I knew people at MTV. I knew the stage manager there. I was able to get in and get in on the you know be there for the taping. And I have photos of myself with Davey and with Mike Nesmith. Right. Mike Nesmith after he got out of the Santa Claus makeup, hmm. you know. So, um, and, um, pictures with, uh, Peter Tork at speakeasies and, uh, the monkey and Mickey Davy and Peter at the convent at the conventions. So I've had those opportunities. And of course the best one was the 1989 convention in which, uh, the monkeys that year were to get their star in the Hollywood walk of fame. And the, one of the cherries on the cake was that uh, Mike Nesbitt was going to perform with the other three monkeys at the Universal Amphitheater mm-hmm. the, the day before the uh, star ceremony. Yep. And 
that wasn't a fantastic concert. You know, uh, when the minute Mike hit that stage, it was Beatlemania times 10 uh, screen type screen times 10. It was monkey mania times the 11 button, you right. know, right. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. That was my, my regret prior to that was never seeing the, the four monkeys in concert in 60 in the sixties. Right. So seeing the four of them together in 89 made up for that, Absolutely. you know, and then the next day they were going to do the star ceremony in front of the Vogue Theater, where Head premiered in 1968. And um, I, because I was the MC at this, one of the MCs at the 89 convention, I was assigned to be part of security at the star ceremony. So uh, we went there in a bus. I was in charge of a bus with the fans taking them there. And when I got there, uh, Helen Pantuso, who helped, one of the people who helped to spearhead uh, the monkeys gain their star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, she said, Fred, come over here. And she took me into the Vogue Theater. And the monkeys, all four of them, had just finished a press conference. And they were just about to go on the stage of the, uh, the outside stage to, uh, to accept the star. Right. So, so uh, Maggie McManus was there. Ed Riley was there. And they had their pictures taken with the four guys. And uh, Helen had her picture taken with them. And I was talking to Peter, and Peter introduced me to Mike Nesmith. Wow. Saying, and said, uh, Mike, this guy used to uh, – I, I appear in a show with the Uncle Floyd, called The Uncle Floyd Show, and this, this guy, Fred, was there and all that. And Mike said, really? And this guy made Mike me was, hold the monkey's hand puppet. <laughs> yes, stuff like that. And Mike was really nice. He, yeah. When we were talking, he, he looked me in the eye. You know, he yeah. was interested in everything I was saying. And Davey, who I knew previously, said hello and all that. Now, Mickey is the, the one that I really don't know that well. We see each other and you say, oh, I know you. I've seen you <laughs> in some of the things. But he doesn't know me per se. Like right. Peter knew me with, and the way Davey knew me. And Mike was not the same, but Mike was very, you know, he was focused on you when you talked to him. Sure. And uh, so anyway. Uh, the person taking the photographs is Michael uh, Bush. Uh, Michael Bush, right? Michael G. Bush. He took. He was taking the photographs inside the the Vogue Theater, and I was talking with uh, Mike and Peter, and uh, Davey was part of the conversation. And then Mike Bush says, uh, "Excuse me, Fred, but you're in the picture." He says, "Oh, I'm sorry." And I start moving out. All of a sudden, I feel a tug on my arm. It's Peter Torque. He drags me back in. He says, "Fred, you are." in the picture ah. and so i'm i i'm stunned and i'm looking at the camera the other three the other four monkeys plus uh uh the guitarist in davy's band who was also the monkeys uh in the monkeys band right. uh uh yeah, trying to remember his name wayne uh Haley lawrence no 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 not wayne avers okay not wayne avers um uh, anyway i'll, I'll think it I'll, right. I'll remember it too Okay, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to find it. Okay. okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Give I'll me a insert, second, folks. I'll insert the Jeopardy music right now. Yes, so. yes. yes. Dee, 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 dee. Uh, I'm trying to find his name. Uh, Haley Lawrence, I think. That sounds right. Yeah, okay. If you could, if you could find, I'm trying to find his name here. 
Ah, the, the, the shoot. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Lori Haley. Lori Haley. Go. Okay. There we go. Okay, so I'm with the uh, Four Monkeys and Lori Haley, the guitarist in Davy's band and the Monkeys band, uh, with him in the background, and with the look on the face, on uh, a look on my face that says, "I cannot believe I'm in this picture." Right. <laughs> and uh, Michael Bush took the photo, and it's it's on the front cover of my book. Right. <laughs> so that to me. For me, of all the memorabilia in my monkey's collection, that is number one. That is the prize of my collection. Absolutely. Well, let's Mm -hmm. wrap up by talking about that book. What led you to write such a book? Okay. uh, For years, a lot of fans have approached me and said, Fred, you've done so many things with the monkeys. Why don't you write a book about them? And I always said, yeah, I should. And I said, I want to, but one thing or another, life Right. Life is what happens to you as you're busy making other plans, as you know John Lennon is quoted from. Exactly. Um, uh, things happen, and I just was not focused enough to do a book, even though I, I knew inside me was a book. Uh, and so I'm thinking, I got to do this book. I got to do this book. So anyway, unfortunately, February 29th, uh, 2012 happened. Right. Where I'm at my temp job, you know, doing data entry work. I'd just seen the monkeys some months earlier at the Beacon Theater, uh, fantastic show. And previous to that, I've seen Davey uh, in a few solo shows with my fiance at the time, Melinda. Right. Uh, and always think, and I had the photograph of the four monkeys in California. Always you know, wanting to get Davies to sign it. Because uh, Peter had signed it, and I wanted to get Davies to sign it, but some, you know, lines of fans were too long, or something happened I couldn't get. So, oh, well, I'll get them next time. I'll get them next time. So, um, the day of February 29th, uh, 2012, happens. I'm uh, at my job typing away doing data entry. I get a call on my phone, on my mobile phone, from my sister Kuki. Mm. I said, "Hi, Kuki, what's going on?" I said, Eddie, did you hear something about Davy Jones? Says, what? what? What's going on? I said, it's coming in the news that Davy Jones just died. And I go, what? At the right. top of my lungs, the top of my voice, people who are on the other tables look at me and say, what's it, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I had to keep my voice down. I said, what's, why, Cookie, what happened? Tell me, what, what's going on? What are you hearing? He says, I'm just hearing this, that Davy Jones just died of a heart attack. He says, says, are you sure? I said, I sure just... sure it's not David it's Bowie? <laughs> Well, that happened a few years later. But, bad, or David bad reference, bad joke. I know, I know. Or David Cassidy. Like, right. No, no, it's Davy Jones. says, Googie, get off the phone. I've got to check to see if this is true. So I go on some websites. I go on the Monkeys, uh, Mon- Monkey Land website. Right. And the first thing that's, that catches my eye is a headline on one of the message boards that says, Oh, God, no. Right. I said, oh no, and I said, oh no, and I click it on, and I read, and I said, it's true. Yeah. And uh, I called my back with my sister Cookie. Said, yeah, I just read it. It's true. I said, I, I, said, I gotta, you, you gotta give me time. So I took a break from my job mm-hmm. and just went to the break room and just collected my thoughts because I thought a ton of people are going to try and get in touch with me mm-hmm. to find out things, and I have to do something. I have to write something. So in the break room, I write down my thoughts about 
what had happened. And uh, in one of the message boards, one of the Beatle boards that uh, people know I was a monkey fan, I put down, uh, I'm devastated beyond words and just threw some thoughts out there and just says, remember, this is a man who's a family man. Right. And uh, we got to think about his family, his daughters, his wife, you know, his, his, his friends and all that. Uh, what happened to us, we're grieving, but remember, think about them. Their, right. their grief is even greater. And then later I was able to collect my thoughts and write it down uh, as concisely as I could of what Davy Jones meant to me. Right. Uh, don't mind me if I'm choking up a bit. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it just comes back every time I think about it. So um, I find I, I learned from other fans that uh, uh, that um, and I wrote I, and the, one of the first thing I did was I went downstairs and bought a sympathy card and sent it to Peter Tork because I knew his address and just wrote to Peter's Peter I heard my condolences remember the love lives on and I, I mailed it to him right. so um, I find out from uh, some people later that there are going to be some tributes, including one at the D.B. Kings, which uh, Davy Jones had just played 10 days prior to uh, February 29th. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and I regret not having gone to that show. I meant to go. Then, well, I'll, I'll catch him later. And, and I regret to this day not going to that show. Right. So they're going to do the tribute... A, a tribute show to Davy Jones at the uh, BB Kings and cousin Brucey, cousin Bruce Morrow, uh-huh. who's a, who's very well known in the New York area and among many rock fans mm-hmm. was going to be the master of ceremonies at this event. So, and I find out later that Davy's daughters, uh, Talia and Annabelle were going to be there. And there was talk that Mickey, Peter, and maybe Mike was going to be there. Right. Uh, so, um, I got tickets for it and I managed, so I don't know how I did it, but I managed to get front row seats again for this. Right. Uh, and people were there who knew me, who came up to me, like Helen, Helen Pantuso, my friend Annette, mm-hmm. who had attended Peter Tork's CBGB concert. And a lot of other people just came up to me and, you know, just wanted to talk and everything. Um. Uh, Danny from the characters was there. Members of the Blue Meanies, who uh, who are uh, another um, cover band who do who did at BB King's a couple of years before uh, Big Monkeys Night, where they right. did a whole evening of monkey tunes, and I got to know them then. And actually, and uh, and um, some of the members of the Blue Meanies were there. <clears throat> so, uh, this, and the band is Davy's band. The right. band his. Who, who also performed with the Monkees. And it's the last time that the Davies backup band performed together like this. Oh, yes. uh, with Johnny Blair and Aviva and Dave Alexander and uh, several other people. Uh, Dwayne Avers. Right. So, so um, and among the guests were uh, Dino Martin, who who appeared in the Some Like It Lukewarm episode with the Monkees, right. uh, who told her tales. Tommy James, the Tommy James and the Chantel, Chantel's, 
right? Oh, no, is that? Am I, am I, yeah. Uh, uh, is it, I think it was Felix Calvieri from the uh -huh. Rascals. Was Yes, it was him. He was there, too, talking about uh, Davy, and the Monk, uh, Davy Jones, their memories, mm -hmm. uh, Cousin Brucie. And then uh, the show started with uh, the appearance of Talia Jones and Annabelle together. And uh, the place, you know, we just stood up and gave them a warm ovation because they didn't, have, they didn't need to be there. Right. They just lost their father, but they felt they owed it to the fans to be there for this, for this event. And one of the things that struck me about this particular event was how inexpensive the tickets were. They were $15. Yeah. $15. Uh-huh. They could have charged $100 or more and gotten it. But they said, no, we want this to be an event for the fans. We want all the fans who could attend to be able to afford to be here. Right. So that's what they did. Uh, and uh, they did collect uh, money for Davy Jones's uh, 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 the charity. Yes. The, the horses. The Davy uh -huh. Jones Equine Memorial Fund was started that night. And... Uh, so the event was amazing, and uh, with all these people, the Davies Band performing uh, the songs and all that, um, then performing My Dad, a, a song that Davy performed as a solo, one of the first songs that Davy performed, uh, Davy performed as a solo artist right. on the Colpix on the Colpix label, and they showed videos. They showed one of Davy's earliest TV appearances with Mike Douglas. And Georgia Brown, about the time that he performed in Oliver as the Artful Dodger. Mm -hmm. And I had friends who came to me from the theater because I work at uh, the New Amsterdam Theater in New York as an usher. And one of my uh, usher co-workers was there and he said, Davey, you could tell how much from the videos how much he loved theater right. just by the way he performed and everything. So after, you know, towards the end of the show, it was a long evening. It was like four hours almost five hours long. And towards the end, Mickey, Peter Tork and Mickey Dolans came on. Right. And, uh, and performed. And you could tell, they were both, it was still a shock to them. And Mickey in particular, you see how heavy it hit him that he was in tears doing Daydream Believer. Yep. And, and uh, Mickey and Peter performed You and I, a song that, uh, the, the, the version that's on the Dolans Jones Boys and Heart album and on, on the Just Us album that Mickey and Davey had written together. And they performed that song, and that was so moving. And then they ended it with Daydream Believer, and we just, you know, everybody was in tears and everything. Uh, so after that show, and everybody was off the stage, uh, Annabelle was in the corner someplace uh, near the, the, where the stage doors are. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, she was still collecting for the fund, so I said, I, I told Linda, we have to go and give her money. We have to give her some money for this. So I went there with Linda, uh, and I told Annabelle uh, that I – because I, I forgot to, to mention this. that I had worked on Davy in one of his books, with, with Davy on one of his books, his Mutant Monkeys book. Because right. Davy invited me to Beaver, Beavertown, New Jersey, uh, Beavertown, Pennsylvania to do some uh, light research on the book because he wanted to get a fans – view of what the fans would have liked in the book regarding photographs. So he invited me to Beaver Town and I helped 
to pick some of the photographs. I thought, Davey, this must be in the book. This has to be in the book. Mm-hmm. So, so I told Annabelle this. I said, I, I, I was, I'm a admirer of your father. I helped him with one of his books and all this. As we're talking, she said, that was so nice that you liked him, that you, you're a fan and did you, that you worked with him and all this. As we're talking, all of a sudden, it hit me hard right that moment the emotions came out i couldn't hold back i started crying in front of her and she reached and she this young lady reached out and hugged me she just lost her father and she hugged me Mm -hmm. and just let it just held me as i was sobbing and i and it's just I until I composed myself and I said, I'm so sorry. She says, it's okay. It's okay. Right. And she says, you says, you don't mind if we take a picture together. She says, <laughs> not at all. And so you have a picture of me in the book with me hugging Annabelle. And you could still, the tears were still in my eyes. And she had the most beautiful smile. And she looked just like her dad did at that age. So, uh, and I thanked her again and everything. So on the way home with Linda, she was driving me home. I was still living in New York. She was living in New Jersey and we were, uh, we were driving home and we were passing, we were on fifth Avenue going towards the empire state building. And just said, Oh my gosh, that's where the riverboat was. That's the first time I saw Davy right there. We were passing it by. And I was saying goodbye, Davy, as I was passing it by. And it was at that moment. It says, Linda, I've got to write the book now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've Urgency. got to write the book now. Exactly. So yes, that's so that's when I said, put everything aside. That's when I started writing the book, and I said, it just can't be my stories. It's got other fans were touched by Davy and the Monkeys. Mm-hmm. They their voice needs to be heard too. So I reached out to fans on Facebook and on some of the. Uh, monkeys uh websites and said look i'm writing this book i would like and i reached out to people i knew i said i would like to get your stories in this book as well please it doesn't have to be overly fancy whatever just you know whatever particular memories that you think would be fine for the book and i got a lot of people to send me things and i had to like go through it and see uh what I could use and everything. And I picked what I felt were the best ones. Linda helped me. And we wrote the uh, book uh, on her father's back porch (laughs) (laughs) together. Yeah. Uh, I would be pacing up and down the back porch and Linda would be there with the laptop taking on my, my thoughts and uh, my little thunderbolts here and there and making suggestions. And her father helped out too. Her father was a very lovely man who sadly, passed away a couple of years ago, but he was a big help too. Uh, and I always thank him for l- the loan of the back porch <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, collected all the stories, collected my stories, collected, uh, all the photographs I could find, all the memorabilia I could possibly put in there. And we, um, we said we got to find a good ending of this book. Cause uh, at the time I was, Starting the book, uh, there was speculation that the show we just saw at BB King's might have been the last time we would see Henry the Monkeys perform again. Right. Gladly, I was wrong. <laughs> Happily, yep. I was wrong because later on that year it was announced that not only would Mickey and Peter be performing, 
they would be joined by Mike, you know, right. and they were going to, they were going to, cause it was a show that had been actually planned while Davey was still alive, mm-hmm. that they were in talks of the four of them going out to celebrate the anniversary of headquarters. Right. Uh, so, uh, and sadly Davey passed away before, uh, any other thing, anything was finalized. And it was Mike who at a memorial for Davey in California talked to Mickey and Peter and said, we got to do this. We got to do this tour. So it was a short tour because, you right. know, Mike, uh, he loves performing, but he doesn't like any long tours. Mm-hmm. So they kept it short, about 13 dates, I believe. And um, fortunate, and I was, luck- I was fortunate enough to get tickets for the Beacon show, uh, which happened to be the last show on the tour. Right. And um, – so uh, that was an incredible show, and I was able to write about that uh, and include it in my book. And here's the thing that got me. Uh, it's a friend of a mutual friend of ours named Jayesh, Jaya Sharma, right. who the year before at the 2011 Monkeys concert at the Beacon uh, had a front row seat uh, for that. And uh, Davey was on the stage uh, about to perform Someday Man. At that point, nature called, and Jaya had to go to use the necessary. <laughs> so she gets up and she's going down the aisle. All of a sudden in the middle of Sunday, man, Davy stops and she hears his voice says, Hey you, where are you going? She turns around and it's Davy. He jumped off the stage, raced right to her and started dancing with her in the <laughs> aisles. Oh and, all, and she's like, the, the look, someone took a picture of her, which is in the book. And the look on her face is absolutely priceless. And oh before Davy, and then Davey kisses her, gives her a kiss, and lets her go. And she's like, do I need to go to the restroom now? <laughs> you know? And uh, before he goes on the stage, he goes to one of the, the security guys who uh, is about to help him back on the stage. And he starts dancing with the security guy <laughs> before oh he my. finally makes it on the stage. <laughs> and at the time, I was working at the Beacon Theater. So, and I took that night off to see the concert. The next day, uh, Peter Frampton was doing a show at the Beacon. I saw the same security guard. He says, I saw you dance with Davy Jones last night. <laughs> so anyway, a year uh, going back a year later, uh, the concert with uh, the Beacon Theater concert with Mike. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Jaya is at the same concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she got herself uh, another front row seat. And now at this point... Um, this is when uh, the monkeys decided when they were going to do Adrian Believer that uh, well, first Mickey uh, was doing the thing with going down where he would see a fan in the audience right. and uh, and have the fan sing the lyrics to going down. So um, I think it was I don't know I don't think it was Jaya, mm-hmm. but it was a uh, it was someone in the front row. It may have been Jaya, and she got to sing going down the the lyrics to join going down. Right. They thought, oh, this is fantastic, you know. So anyway, uh, the monkeys had made a policy on this particular tour that rather than them singing Daydream Believer, they would invite a fan because they said, we can't sing this song anymore. This song belongs, it's not ours anymore. The song belongs to you. Right. And that's when they invited a fan to come on stage and sing Daydream Believer with them. So Mickey's looking around and he points to Jaya. (laughs) And... Jaya is escorted to the stage, you know, and 
she's saying, I think I'm going to faint. And, she, and Mickey says, you know, you're not. <laughs> and, they, and she joins them in singing and leading the, 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 the Beacon Theater to sing Daydream Believer. <clears throat> right. And um, Jaya, when I saw her later, said, Jaya, please write these stories and give them to me so I can put them in the book. And she graciously did. So her stories are in the book, too. Excellent. So, so anyway, uh, 2000, let me see, it was, uh, I think it was 2013. Yes. It was a, no, 2012. No, uh-huh. 2013. Excuse me. It becomes a blur after a while. It does. Folks. It sure Two, does. Especially these last five or six years. <clears throat> yeah. 2013 is when we have the, the memorial, the Davy Jones Memorial right. Convention, in which all four of Davy's daughters were there for the first time. And uh, Taya, Sarah, um, Jessica, and Annabelle, and all collecting money for the Davy Jones uh, Memor- Equine Memorial Fund. Right. And Mickey was there, and Peter was there. And that was an amazing convention. I was, and, I, and I became the MC again after many years of no MC work, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I became the MC again, and it was a thrill. And I actually got to lead uh, at that convention a Q and A, helped with a Q and A with Peter Tork and Mickey Dolenz on stage with Charles Rosenay, uh-huh. who was uh, one of the, who was uh, one of the producers of the convention, along with uh, Jody Rinson right. and uh, Phyllis Paganucci, and were producing the convention of those that year. Go back to where we started; those early yes. '80s conventions. Exactly. So um, I got to help, you know, with uh, field the questions uh, for fans when Mickey and Peter were on stage. So that was an uh, amazing show. Um, so anyway, later that year, they're going to have a Davy Jones Memorial at Beavertown, New uh, Pennsylvania, right? Uh, where they had the previous one the year before when Davy, after, shortly after Davy died, but they had a big, they they made it a big event. Uh, where fans were going to be there. They were going to be uh, all day with bands, and Davy's daughters were there, and they were going to do a charity bed race. You remember the monkey bed? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, they were going to do a charity bed race in which the, the monies raised were going to go. Uh, a fan was going to win the privilege of riding on the bed, and the girls, Davy's girls, were going to be the motor for the bed. <laughs> so uh, in the bed race. <clears throat> So I was at that uh, event. Uh, I, do, I was not an MC. I was just there to attend. I was just there as a fan. But I did uh, I, uh, get, get to see the girls. Right. And I had with me the photograph of the monkeys and me in California. And I had already gotten Mickey to sign it. I already had previously Peter sign it. And when Mike that year did his solo shows... Uh, he did a solo show at Town Hall in New York City. I was able to get in on the on the meet and greet after the show, right. and Mike put his signature on it. So I had the three monkeys, but sadly, because of the events in the past, I never got Davies to sign it. Right. So, and I do have all four monkeys autographs. I do have them, but just it would have been nice to have had it on that particular photograph. Right. So uh, I went to the girls. Uh, who were signing autographs and selling stuff for the charity. And I asked them, would you guys mind if for you, would you sign this in your dad's place? And they said, Fred, of course we will. And each one of them 
signed their names uh, near uh, uh, on the space uh, where their dad's picture is in the right. photograph. So I have the three monkeys and the four Jones girls there. So even though I never got Davy to sign it, having them sign it helped to complete the picture for me. Right. And um, so after uh, the events of the day, it was a long day, but it was a lot of fun. We got horribly sunburned. Right. <laughs> I was telling my wife, Linda, my, well, my, now my wife, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I told her, I'm Puerto Rican. I don't burn in the sun. And I, I came off with the worst sunburn ever. Oh we were gosh. all red like lobsters. Everybody. The Boomies, oh uh, whoever was there, David Alexander. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Give me a second. Uh-huh. Lemonade time. <clears throat> there you go. So, anyway. Uh, the characters, they were all there. And they did a special show at a uh, firehouse in Beavertown. It was going to be the last event of the day. They had the, the boat, the, the, the bed race earlier uh, with the girls. And right. the girls, they came second. But still, it was a fun moment, and we all cheered, her, cheered them on. So the last event of the day was the uh, Blue Meanies with uh, Dave Alexander. And I think a couple of members of the characters, which meant uh, Danny and another member, there to perform. And uh, when I walked in... Uh, when I walked in with Linda, uh, Dave Alexander shouted out, Fred Velez in the house. <laughs> and I said, welcome to the Sunburn contingent. <laughs> oh, so <clears throat> we had a great time. We had a lot of fun. Uh, they invited me on uh, stage with them, uh, on the space with them to help sing along to Daydream Believer. Right. Which was, it was a privilege. Then, um, uh, then we call, We started to call it night. Everybody started heading out. And the last thing I did, and uh, it's the last chapter in the book, is I went out into the dark field. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier in the day, i got to preference this. Earlier in the day, during the day, there was a bumblebee, a big bumblebee that was buzzing around the stage. People were saying, that's Davy. That's Davy buzzing around like that. So, uh, so that's a memory that people have of that day. So right. that night... After the show, uh, I go out in front of the car as Linda's getting it ready, and I just look in the direction of Davy's house, where Davy's house is. But I know I knew where his house was. So we went to visit it mm-hmm. after you know after some of the events of the day. Uh, I, Davy had invited me to the house to help write the book, so I just looking at the house and reminiscing about being there, being there uh, with Davy to work on the book. So. Uh, we're look, I'm looking at the direction of the house, and I'm just to myself saying goodbye to Davy and thanking him for everything. And as I'm heading back to the car, and the and the and the floodlights, the, the headlights from the car are highlighting the field. All of a sudden, I see a big bumblebee buzzing around and disappear into the night. Right. And that's how I end the book. You know. Yeah. So um, Davy's spirit was there, and. Uh, it was just you could you could feel his presence that whole da- time that uh, you were there at the the event. So, and I gave Davy the last word in the book. If you want to read that last word, folks, know where you can find it. <laughs> you will find that book, which is called "A Little Bit okay. Me, A Little Bit You: The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective" by our guest Fred Velez on Amazon. Where else can they get it? They can get it on Barnes and Noble Nook on smashwords.com 
on iBooks, iTunes, Apple iBooks. You could get that as a digital, and you get it as a Kindle on Amazon as well, as well as a print book. And um, you can also, um, for anybody who's on Facebook who wants a personalized copy from me, you could uh, contact me through, through message me on Facebook or on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me as Fred Vell, F-R-E-D-V-E-L, uh, as Fred Vell on Twitter. And just send me a private message, and I'll give you details of how to get the book. You can private message me on Facebook. And I even have it up on eBay. If you look up a little bit me, a little bit you, and look up me as Frev, F-R-E-V, uh, I am selling it, signed copies on eBay. So you could uh, go there as well if you want a signed copy of the book. And again, what makes the book so enjoyable, it's not just a dry list. It's it's one fan's personal experiences as a fan with the guys, interacting with the guys. And Fred is one of the, here's where I'm going to make you blush. Fred is one of the most knowledgeable, but also most enthusiastic and pleasant and positive fans you're going to meet. And that makes the book very enjoyable too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you owe me that $10 now. Remember that. You know where That's to send That's right. It. Okay. The check's in the mail. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been a pleasure finally speaking to you. And I know the fans of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion will love it. And okay. Oh, may I add one more thing? Yes, certainly. Uh, with my friend, John Rajinsky, who is with the Monkey Files group, and he's also currently with the monkey uh with the blue meanies right i recorded a monkey themed christmas cd called a little bit christmas uh in which uh john who's who's brilliant he's a genius uh was able to incorporate uh, a mashup of monkey tunes with familiar christmas songs right and i'm singing on it with along with john and my my wife linda and uh it's a little surprise every uh, the way we incorporate all the songs, and we end the song. Uh, we end, we start the CD with Rio Chiu, right? And we end it with Christmas is my time of year. Two songs associated with the monkeys. So, uh, if fans are interested in the CD and want to celebrate Christmas in July <laughs> or any time of the year, they can contact me again to uh, mess, private message me on Facebook or Twitter. And we'll, I'll let I'll give you details of how to get the CD as well. And we put a little, you know, monk, we we monkey it up a bit, even to the back of the back cover of the CD, where it resembles the headquarters album. And you'll see what what I mean Excellent. if you get the if you get the CD. So Excellent. that's uh, that's there too. A little bit Christmas by Fred Velez and friends. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. And again, thanks for taking your time to come on and speak with us and answer pesky questions and reveal personal information and anecdotes. Oh, my pleasure. I don't, I don't mind pesky questions at all. There you go. That's what we like <laughs> to hear. Yeah. The peskier, the better I say, <laughs> well, be careful what you ask for. Cause you might get it. That's right. Tragedy of tragedy of your times. My dear, my, my young friends is you might get exactly what you want. And the older I get, the more I understand that and other I quotes from that movie. Exactly. Boy, do I. Oh, boy. Well, Fred, thanks again, and it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure here, Al. Goodbye, everybody. It's, uh, don't forget to monkey around. Here, here. And, 
Yes, and uh, save the Texas Prairie Chicken podcast. There you in go. Your, uh, in your mobile phones, wherever you want to hear it. Exactly. Thanks again. <laughs> You're welcome, chums. And here we are back again at Prairie Chicken Headquarters. Alan has rejoined me. And thank you for joining us for that fabulous interview. And the name of the book, of course, is A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, The Monkeys from a Fan's Perspective. Of course, it's on Amazon, paperback, Kindle. It's not an expensive buy. Paperback writer. I'm sorry. Fred is now a paperback writer. That's right. Uh, Great photos. You hear Fred reference these photos, not just from the convention, but his uh, his great telling of... uh, taking the uh, snap with all four guys and how that occurred and, and how he was drawn into that picture. Just everything. You're, just get the book. and uh, You won't regret t- it. Right. Stay tuned to our podcast for more of Fred. Uh, I want to say thank you to Fred for uh, agreeing to the interview and being such a great guest on the show. Absolutely. So, to sh- shift gears from it, this is what you know, I, I promised a, a Fab Four little tidbit. That's right. Yeah. Of course, as everybody knows, it's the annual late summer beg for bucks for PBS. So this is when you get Again? all yeah. This is when you get all the T.J. Lubinsky music specials. But there was one last night. It was shown on our UNC TV uh, channel out of Chapel Hill. And if you have ever been a Beatles fan of any type, you really need to see this because this is the music of Sgt. Pepper talked about in a way that I've never seen before. And I was pretty much glued from start to finish. The guy who did, I forget the guy's name, who's the, uh, who's the host, but he is a musician himself. He's a music theory person. And he talks about all these different entities and the different methods and the different things that they used to record this incredible Watershed album. And it is something that if, if you have any, if you've ever wanted to know about the ins and outs of Sgt. Pepper at all, that's the special you need to watch because it is just flat out amazing. Now, according to some of the Facebook Monkeys pages, PBS is also showing the infomercial that featured Davey from several oh, years you mean ago. Oh, you mean the, the, the T.J. Lubinsky 60s concert that has him and Peter No One? That's not PBS? That is PBS. Okay. So now you're, thinking, really are... you're thinking about the Don Kir- you're, you're thinking about the Don Kirshner Awards uh, from years ago. That's the infomercial. But this is the yeah. This is one of the last things Davey did before he passed away. It was one of those '60s revival specials that he hosted with Peter Noon. Very good. well, pizza no one as he likes to say. Well, speaking of online Facebook monkeys pages and such. Ooh, a wonderful segue. Right. Let's tell people we're on Facebook. Look for the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast group page. Group page. You can get on there and get the group group. Wait, I mean, you can get on there and get involved with group activities. I was going to let that. I, I, I wasn't going to say that. I knew you, I was going to leave that one open for you to do. But You can get involved with groups any way you want online. I've heard that. Um, but it's, it's our interactive page that gives you the opportunity to post whatever you want uh, that's monkeys related. Uh, sometimes I will... Yeah. I was really the 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 one I guess I I posted one non monkeys thing that uh, little video I showed from Sanford and Son with Scatman Crothers and and Red Fox singing all of me because I just love Scatman Crothers. You and your Scatman Crothers obsession. 
It's an obsession. It's an affliction. But it's uh, still earning those points with the vocabulary jar. That's right. We welcome you to get involved. We welcome you to post your stuff on the pages like you do. Like you, if you're sharing something with Zilch, please share it with us. If you're sharing it with headquarters, please share it with us because we'd love to do that. We, we'd love to have you as part of it. And please share our stuff with Zilch and headquarters and the other pages. Absolutely. The sharing is caring, as they always say. But um, the like page is still up. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, because uh, I, I'd i have to go through and friend everybody in order to send them an invitation. So Nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants me as You a don't want that, folks. You don't want a friend. In, I'm kidding. But, uh, but yes, we encourage you to join the group page. We approve everybody. Um, uh, although you approved I, me, for heaven's sake. No, I, I had to turn this guy named Manson down. Uh, <laughs> something about his, I, his IP address was uh, in, a, in a house of incarceration. So it's like, yeah, well, that's just a rumor. Manson never reached out to us for a phone okay. request. That's just a rumor. No, it's like he, yeah, it's like he never auditioned for the monkeys. Eric Lefkowitz. <laughs> he Sorry. was incarcerated at the time, right, but not for the later murders, but for other minor infractions. That's right. But uh, infractions, check. another big word. Interje- oh, sorry, that's interjections. Sorry. That's right. So intercessions, <laughs> intersections. Part of your uh, intertransgressions. The next that's the title for the next Nesmith uh, CD. Now we're also we have our own blog page that ties into what you hear mm-hmm. on these podcasts, and the address there is tpchcmonkeyscast.blogspot.com. In other words, it's Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, abbreviated with Monkey's Cast. That's right. Blogspot.com. I would also like to point out uh, our my podcast partner's amazing Blogspot page, Big Glee, that's B-I-G-G-L-E-E, where he uh, talks about his comics, talks about cosplay, talks about the guys, talks about... The girls. The girls. Talks about... Uh, That's my private page. Things in general. He, he To show exactly what type of creative genius he is. I also recommend albigley.com. That's A-L-B-I-G-L-E-Y.com. That is his personal website where you can see what a talented artist he is. And now while we're on the subject again of listing multiple... Uh, Plugs. Uh, pages across the internet. Let me take a moment to shout out these uh, 100 pages I'm a fan of. Up <laughs> No, they don't want to hear that. We'll be here until next month. Well, we've already gone, I think, way too far with all these. Nah. Pages. Listen, let's plug. Well, we plug the Zilch podcast, Oof. as always. Yes, Zilch. Ken Mills, Christine, um, and I forget. I, oh, there's Sarah Clark. Sarah, there's thank you. I didn't want to call her Susan. I didn't want to call her Susan Clark again. No, Sarah Clark. There's uh, the, the wonderful people at Monkey Magic. Uh, Melanie Mitchell. No, that's easy for you to say. Uh, our buddies at the Live Almanac, who are absolutely just the the... They're one one A when it comes to them and Andrew. Sandoval. But I did it first. All hail Sandoval. I did it first. Yes, I know. But I you love did. the monkeys almanac people. He's dedicated just to the monkeys. You don't have to go there and see monkeys post sandwich between posts about John Romita's nineteen seventy three Spider Man covers and how I made myself a Hawkeye costume. Yeah. It's all monkeys all the time. That's right, monkeys, monkeys. But yeah, it's a great page. I mean, trust me, we 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 sometimes forget to plug them, but they're out there. Without them. We would uh, we would fail miserably. Especially. We'd be looking at our microphone, scratching our heads still. That's right. How you work this thing here? What's a, a podcast? What's that got to? What's peas got to do with anything? I keep soybeans in the pod out by the by the barn, the silo. Or is that the or the pod the invasion of the body snatchers? But that's another podcast for another time. So. <laughs> but uh, 
That just about wraps up another laugh-filled episode of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion for this this week, or this month, or this year. Depends on our schedule. That's right. But uh, as always, the monkey, the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast is a podcast for Monkeys fans, by Monkeys fans. We are in no way, shape, or form related to Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolans, Peter Tork, the late David Jones Estate, Rhino Records, any and all sundry uh, people who own broadcast rights to anything that we play. Uh, that goes to the original copyright holders. That's correct. This is all done just for our enjoyment and the enjoyment of fans. It's just good, clean fun. Hey, you know, that might make a great theme song, you know? I could, you know what? We should. I wish there were a song that had that as a title, and yet it's never referenced in the song itself. <laughs> no, you can't You can't do stuff like that. Uh, no. uh, it'll ne- uh, kid, it'll never sell. It'll never sell. So thank you again for listening. Hopefully we'll be back with episode 11 very soon. Including the... Oh, we almost forgot. We forgot? How silly can we be? Gosh, a Rooney. So, this is where you reach down to that... uh, Hey, careful now. Now watch it. This is where you go into your archives and you pull out a 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 second clip of... Hold on, wait. Let me go into the archive room. Good evening, friends. Welcome to the Inside the Inner Sanctum. This is your host. Oh, I'm sorry, Ron. <coughs> sorry. What am I looking for? What? Here it is. The Natty Moss Bond interview. I found it. Check I for interviews. N for Nancy. Moss. Eh, whatever. Wait, wait. It was Natty's under, there somewhere. It was under T for tribute album. Oh. Okay, I can buy that. All right, I got it. I'm coming back with it. All right, I got it. Cheap radio center. Can you tell we're fans of old-time radio, too? So. That's right. But uh, here now is a just a tease. Coming soon to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast, a tribute to the very first Monkeys tribute album called Hear No Evil, released 25 years ago this year. Oh, my God! Yeah, I know. But... It's believe me. It's if you haven't found, you've got to find it. We'll we'll find a way to see if we can get it digitally out there for you. But this is Natty Moss Bond, who uh, did a wonderful version of "You Told Me." That's right, and we'll have our exclusive interview with her in our next episode. So, until next time, when we meet again, this is Al. Who the hell could I be this time? Uh, let's see. Rob Roy Fingerhead Williams. Uh, this is Al. El Delenzio Bigley. Demanded without a soul. Uh, Demanded without a nickname? Who is this that comes in here and does it? Oh, you, you, know, you did that just to get me to do the El Diablo again. So you know how that hurts my voice. It's monkeys, man. Monkeys. monkeys. Who got the button, man? Until next time, I'm Alan. And I'm Al. And don't forget, save save the the Texas Texas Prairie Prairie Chicken. Chicken.